None of the content on this or any episode of the Kratom Science Podcast, Kratom Science Journal Club, or on any page of KratomScience.com is intended, nor should it be considered medical claims or medical advice. This is the Kratom Science Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gallagher, blog and social media writer for KratomScience.com, your source for all things Kratom. Kratom news for October 2022. About we do these about the second week in the month, but um, they're all brand new since last time. And I'm joined by Kaylee today once again. Hello. All right. Yeah. So the first article that we have here for you guys is from the Associated Press. It's titled "Biden Pardons Thousands for Simple Possession of Marijuana." It was published October 6, 2022. President Joe Biden is pardoning thousands of Americans convicted of simple possession of marijuana under federal law as his administration takes a dramatic step toward decriminalizing the drug and addressing charging practices that disproportionately impact people of color. Biden's move also covers thousands convicted of the crime in the District of Columbia. He is also calling on governors to issue similar pardons for those convicted of state marijuana offenses, which reflect the vast majority of marijuana possession cases. Yeah, so I read elsewhere, I don't think it was this article, that it's about, it affects about 6,500 people, and these are just federal simple possession charges. Most people who get arrested are charged with state, and I'm wondering, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm wondering if it's like mostly people caught on planes with with a mm-hmm. bag of weed on them. Yeah, actually, the first pass-through when I read through this actually somehow completely missed the section that says charging practices that disproportionately impact people of color. And um, I mentioned how people just get locked up really for no reason. Like, and they say it's because they found, you know, stuff on them. Yeah. Just be- and it's just because of how the system is. Yeah, yeah. And mentioned that decriminalize addressing the charging practices that it's mm-hmm. disproportionately affect people color. Um, and I put another article up about the DEA admits to racial, ethnic, and class prejudice. Uh, led to drug criminalization and the agency's own founding, which is totally true. And uh, mm-hmm. I think I've talked about it in other episodes about Harry Anslinger. And that was a marijuana moment. I'll put the link into that, but I kind of wanted to just group them together because they're, they're related on just how the government is becoming more and more sane and, and about uh, these drug issues and how it really was uh, racial and political thing and it wasn't drug laws were never really about protecting anybody from i mean you know especially with marijuana is the most stark kind of example because it's really Mm -hmm. less dangerous than alcohol in in general pound for pound and also another thing the article brought up the um the one about the biden pardons is he and a lot of people bring it up to criticize biden and i think it's a criticism i agree with because in 1994 Mm -hmm. he did vote on the uh, the crime law, um, which led to massive crackdowns of people, and and I think it was uh, it was a Clinton law too. I mean, back then there was just no you had to be anti drugs uh, either party you're in. There's nobody that ran on 
uh, marijuana legalization, other than oh, probably yeah. like some, maybe some local guys in California or something. That was when Clinton yeah. said he didn't inhale. That was 92. I tried it, but I didn't <laughs> inhale. That was like a big progressive thing for a presidential candidate to even say, even say, even though it was kind of a bullshit line. But then he went on to pass these harsh, uh, harsh penalties for drug possession and whatnot that kind of ramped things up as much as they had since 1972 when Nixon started the drug war. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree there. Like, it does make sense to bring something like that up. But I think a major thing that a lot of people do not consider, and I'm not saying this is the case here because it is very possible. He's just set, you know, he's just doing this because he realizes how much the times have changed and how a large majority of America really wants this move to be taken. I think it's important to note that people can change their minds on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's very possible to do that because... I'm from a very small town in southern West Virginia, and a lot of people are so stubborn because they say, that's just how I was raised, as if they have no free will to change their minds. And so I... I, Yeah, definitely. And and just, I mean, the DEA admitting, I mean, it was the DEA's, DEA museum officials, so they're probably essentially librarians, but I I think everybody mm -hmm. in the DEA might have some kind of law enforcement background, but they're the ones uh, talking about... Yeah, this was uh, racially motivated. And then it mentions also the National Institute on Drug Abuse director, Nora Volkow, um, Mm -hmm. said last year that research has firmly demonstrated that drug decriminalization has disproportionately impacted communities of color and and she and she even mentioned i think criminalization is leading a big factor in the public health negative outcomes that that mm-hmm. happen because you you're not more prone to sobering up when you go in prison or spend time in prison cuz it's just a big stressor and you're not in a position even after you come out to have healthy mental health habits to say the least next one is from Michigan Health Watch, bridgemi.com, uh, September 28th by Robin Erb. It's a funny name to be writing about drugs. Michigan may regulate the sale of Kratom, an herbal mix linked to overdoses. Okay. Linked to overdoses, all right. Whether it's harmful or helpful, addictive or medicinal, Michigan soon may regulate the herbal supplement Kratom, making it illegal for minors and requiring licenses and product testing for anyone wishing to sell it. A Michigan bill sponsored by state rep Lori Stone and several other Democrats and a Republican swings the spotlight on a controversial herbal extract. Stone's bill would create the Kratom Consumer Protection and Regulatory Act, what the rep calls a common-sense regulatory approach similar to Michigan's marijuana regulation. It would require specific labeling on Kratom packaging, limit the herb to adult use because we don't want our use enticed by one more thing. Despite concerns about its safety, Stone said Kratom is not problematic for everyone. Some of the issues around it are knowing what you're taking. Yeah, I'm probably pretty much 100%. Mm-hmm. Of the issues are um, in terms of everything from adulteration to contamination, everything. Oh, yeah. uh, the, the bill, which would be effective January 1st if passed, would require license to sell, distribute, or manufacture Kratom, require testing of raw materials using Kratom products, require label warnings for Kratom products, including statement sayings, uh, unapproved dietary ingredient, 
ingesting it may be dangerous the product should be kept out of reach of children people breastfeeding or pregnant should not use kratom and it would cover online sales too which is interesting i wonder if it's just online from michigan companies or out of state melody wolf and drew turner have both been um they're both in michigan now and they're both uh pretty strong activists that she's always on sharing stuff and i'm sure she's they've heard from her here and it seems like the law it's it's a little different of a um title it's usually just called kratom consumer protection act but they added and regulatory and i haven't read the bill yet which but they require a license and they require testing most of the consumer protection acts have the label warnings and the age restriction but it says requiring a license and requiring testing. That sounds like it may be, along with the fact that the the law is um, named slightly different, it emphasizes regulatory, that it might kind of demonstrate that I think maybe maybe the um, local legislators have had more of a hand in drafting the bill. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the times I think... Uh, just that the, the um, lobbyists will draft a bill to because it actually I mean it's functional because it saves regular t- regulators time but uh, you know you'd think our legislators would be writing the bills and uh, and a lot of times that's not the case and in these cases it's, it's better uh, because it's leading yeah. to a better end of regulating kratom but in a lot of cases it's the lobbyists just take over for any old interest they want to and write the bills and hand them over but yeah this seems good i i i want to read the bill further and and see what kind of um even if they're allocating enforcement money for this uh but it seems pretty strong i really really like this quote it's not problematic for everyone some of the issues around it are not knowing what you're taking because it shows that they at least have a little bit of an idea of what they're talking about you know they're not just talking out of their asses they know what's going on definitely it seems like uh this laurie stone is informed about that um yeah it says whether it's harmful or helpful or addictive or medicinal i mean oxycontin is helpful (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it's also people can also get addicted to it so addictive and medicinal aren't necessarily uh diametrically opposed a lot of stuff is very helpful to most and even all the opiates are helpful to most people who take them as in if you when i had my wisdom teeth out i took them and then i was done with them and that's how most people Mm -hmm. experience opiates and it helps that they're from a doctor and that requires a lot of regulation like this next one's out of wales pembroke man in court for psychoactive drug seizure Christopher Sherwood of Commons Road, Pembroke, was charged with importing mitragynine, also known as Kratom, at Haverfood West Magistrates Court on September 27th. A parcel was in- intercepted by Border Force Agency in Coventry sent from the Netherlands to Pembrokeshire, and police attended Sherwood's address. When they asked if Sherwood had sent for any illegal substances, he replied, Do you mean the Kratom? <laughs> Sherwood was then arrested, and while being arrested, said, This is ridiculous. I have bought Kratom in the past. Packs of the drug were found in Sherwood's property, and 500 grams was intercepted at a cost of about 100 pounds. In mitigation, defense solicitor David Wheel described his client as someone who keeps himself to himself and uses the drug to self-medicate. <laughs> Mr. Wheel also emphasized it was not illegal to possess the drug, only illegal to import it. 
Sherwood, 53, was given a conditional discharge order of, of six months, almost said 56, <laughs> meaning he was not punished for the offense, but if he commits a crime in the next six months, he will be. Sherwood was also made to pay, 20, pay a 22-pound surcharge and 85-pound cost to be paid back at a rate of 24 pounds a month. The confiscated drugs were placed under a dis destruction order. Yeah, I thought, there's a funny sentences in here. Mm -hmm. Describes his client as someone who keeps himself to himself and uses a drug to self-medicate. <laughs> keeps it himself to himself. It sounds very British, himself. I will say. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> just European, I guess. Or, or Welsh, since we're yeah. in Wales here. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, I thought it was funny how surprised he was that, that it was legal. He's like, what? You mean the Kratom? <laughs> Well, That's, he said he'd gotten it yeah. before. Yeah. I, so. Yeah. I, I, the laws over there are weird because mm -hmm. I kind of thought it was totally illegal in the UK, and then somebody on Twitter corrected me, and I and I didn't argue with her because she was from the UK, and but I was yeah. like, she isn't she wrong? But th this is it. It's legal to possess there. So if it accidentally falls from the sky, <laughs> you're fine, but it's illegal to import. So. It's basically kind of like a little more than decriminalized. Yeah, that was funny that he was surprised. And he's not going to prison for it or anything. But he has to not commit a crime in the next six months. And yeah, that's pretty strange. We have stuff on the UK. And and, and there's there's certain laws like in Europe. In the Euro if you're a European Union country, which I guess the UK isn't now because of Brexit, uh, mm -hmm. you can actually ship to a country where it's illegal, but it would be legal for you to receive the package if you're in the EU, even if they have local laws. It's kind of like one of those crazy, it's kind of like federal and state law about weed or kratom mm -hmm. or anything like that. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. You'd think it at least have some idea that it was at least complicated. You'd think he'd at least know it was complicated. Yeah, well, go to our site, kratomscience.eu, if you're in any country and you're not sure. See kratomscience.eu if you have any questions about what's going on in Europe. We had a lot of European writers write about who know a lot more about how the EU works than us write about it, but... um. Yeah, since March 2016, it's been officially illegal there, I guess, to import. But mm -hmm. since their drug laws are a little more lax, it's it's legal to possess. So if you can accidentally get some, I guess it's, you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just happen to stumble upon some on the side of the street. You can have that, but that's about it. On to, on to Thailand. And I think we've done a Thailand article pretty much every episode here which yeah. is good because it's developing there and this is from october 3rd 2022 from the nation government lab tasks with monitoring quality of thai kratom products uh the thailand agriculture ministry has decided to get kratom products checked at the government-owned central lab thai before they are shipped out an advisor to the agriculture minister said a stamp of approval from the central lab would add value to exported kratom products and ensure importers of the quality. He added that the agriculture ministry is helping farmers grow kratom so it can be turned into herbal products for export. Uh, agricultural ministry has assigned the central lab to check the quality and amount of extract used in the products. He had the lab has the precision tools required for the job. 
and that importers have recently visited the lab to observe the process. They might have a, um, they're called mass spectrometers, so they can analyze the, the ministry will soon launch a system of random checks so Kratom products can get a certificate of analysis. The lab could check the level of mitragynine and 7-hydroxy in leaves before the substances are extracted for use in medical products or in food or drink. At present, only Indonesia and Malaysia have been exporting Kratom to the Middle East, but now that herb has been decriminalized here. Thai exporters can also enter the market. I'm wondering if it goes through the Middle East before it gets here. I don't think so. I, I, I don't <laughs> know. It definitely comes over on, like, those big cargo ships. Yeah. And it kind of, like, costs so much to send one of those. So, like, the big comp- companies will buy it, and then all the small companies will buy it off of whoever imported it, slap their own label on it. So, essentially, every shipment's, like, the same shit. <laughs> but this is good, though. I think it's already beyond what Indonesia's doing, because, you know, Indonesia, there's a problem with lead and all that. But I, I think they're getting a lot more regulations there. But it- I'm hoping that... Thailand will have a cleaner product, but I was just talking to Drew Turner about this, and he mentioned that. I mean, he li- he lived in the Philippines, and and uh, he he's been in South sea- Southeast Asia, so he was telling me that Thailand has kind of a lead problem in their environment too, just like Indonesia, which is maybe one of the reasons that lead is in Indonesian kratom. Because um, mm-hmm. they have so much lead in that one. It's from a very small region called West Kalimantan in Indonesia. But hopefully Thailand, they don't have as many of those problems. And hope, hopefully they can test for lead because uh, along mm-hmm. with the mitragynine and 7-hydroxy. Because I think that would be almost a more important thing. Does it just would automatically, like it would make it, make sure it's clean, you know, for yeah. consumers, they I'd be less likely to get lead poisoning. <laughs> That'd be great. I'm sure everyone would feel much better about that. Yeah. I hope what they're doing is they're kind of seeing the problems in Indonesia, and they're so they're going to be like a competitor. Uh, once I think it's going to take a while for the kratom to grow and for them to get the right product. There's probably going to be inconsistency for a couple of years, and they actually wiped out all the, as many kratom trees as they could over there. So they have to regrow them all in farms. It's going to take quite some time. Yeah, this is the one I wrote, and I and it's called "Is it a good idea to make make a seven hydroxyma tragenine based drug?" Um, there's a company in, out of Vancouver who's making a deuterated form of 7-hydroxymetragenine, and I'll read from their press release, Nirvana Life Sciences. Uh, deuterated drug is a small molecule medicinal product in which one or more of the hydrogen atoms contained in the drug molecule have been replaced by its heavier stable isotope deuterium. So it's actually, you can't actually extract the alkaloids and patent them because it's too close to the actual, how they occur in nature. But you can add this deuterium and that's how they patent them. Another company did that with um, mitragynine. And so this other company's going through clinical trials. But my concern is with the 7-hydroxy, it it's, appears to be just as, has just as much mm-hmm. abuse potential potential as like heroin and fentanyl it's probably not as dangerous as far as overdose but it's my tragedine seems to be the one that is better because it doesn't it does have pain relief and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have as much abuse potential as the 7-hydroxy so 
you know, I quoted, I did a couple quotes on Chris McCurdy about how the 7-hydroxy work, and, and it's just if you take it out, I mean, the Kratom plant itself, the alkaloids kind of complement each other and all that, but if you take that 7-hydroxy out, it can be, you know, not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, McCurdy said, as far as I can tell, there's been no science around this product. I, I emailed him about it, shared in the scientific or patent literature. He, he basically said it'll be interesting to see how it develops as data is made avail- available. Watched a lecture with him the other day, and he expressed some concerns about this. Because it's, it's like my tragedy is kind of the one. It's it's kind of like the, what researchers have been waiting for that's kind of revolutionary because mm-hmm. it's doesn't seem to be have much addictive potential but it also relieves pain which with all the opiates of course they relieve pain just fine but they also have that problem where people get dependent and addicted on them so i just raised that question i did get a email from uh guy the ceo's assistant i emailed him directly and i got it but um we're still communicating about it so hopefully i can talk to them about it my just question is with them are you worried that you know with the Mm -hmm. abuse potential is that going to happen and i'd definitely be interested to hear what they had to say like you know they're straight from the the horse's Horses mouth mouth. yeah yeah arguably it would be safer than like an opiates because it has that partial opioid agonism so that's the thing that causes less bad side effects like respiratory depression but like i said before is it gonna you know cause people to be dependent on it uh mm-hmm. try to get try to get illegal versions of it uh you know spend a whole bunch of money not have a pleasant experience i don't think if if, if that is potential is there i don't think it's it's not really progressing that much from the the opiate pain relief mike the kratom guy was handing out care packages and and i did a whole interview with him but uh, maybe I'll just play his TikTok video. We are going to be going back very soon. So if you're interested in coming with us, we're going to be handing out some more wellness packs, you know, a case of water, and free Kratom. So, you know, I couldn't get much footage down there, and I couldn't really record because people don't really, you know, people are in a bad way, and they, they don't want to be on camera. I completely understand that. So this area just got cleared out. It was all filled on the way in. You can see all the needle caps, the blue tubes for the water from the clinic, cotton, and needles everywhere. People were just coming through scavenging for stuff. This is like, this is crazy. People are struggling, and it's it's something that's probably in every major city. Is these areas that have just become so bad, hit by the opioid crisis so badly, or I should say hit by the state's reaction to the opioid crisis. What the fuck do you think is going to happen if you have a war on drugs? It's not just drugs, it's people. It's a war on people. These are casualties of your war, and then you wonder why people don't trust police? You mean the people that are waging an open war against its own people? Those people? It's like creating extremists overseas. They weren't extremists. Before the U.S. government killed one of their, one of their family members that had nothing to do with terrorism. Same thing happening over here. The only way to end that is to end the use of violence and deadly force against peaceful people who haven't harmed anybody. That was the TikTok. Yeah, and I talked to Mike about this, and I was just asking him, like, for, you know, tips if anybody wanted to go out and do that. Um, But he was talking about mass and casts in Boston, and it's like they call it, they also call it the methadone mile. 
because it's it's mm. just a stretch of road. Uh, I think Massachusetts Avenue, where um, there are a lot of like homeless services, and then there's also a lot of methadone clinics. So now, it, it, just with the rise in homelessness everywhere, it's become just a tent city kind of down there in Boston. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot. There's an extra amount of of IV drug use and stuff down there because there were methadone clinics. Uh, It's kind of like the same with downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, There's a lot of homeless services, so you always see homeless down there, but just in the past couple years, uh, just the pandemic, the spike in it, and also the Mm. spike in rent has increased homelessness down there. Oh, yeah. So, and I see it going over the West, I walk over the West End Bridge to go into work, and there's a place to sleep under the bridge, because it's dry, but it, the walkway goes under, so you're always seeing, and they hardly clean that up, it's, it seems like once every mm-hmm. two years, the city goes down there and cleans it up. Yeah, it's a good thing he's doing, Mike used to sell Kratom, uh, and then he just gave it up, because he just wanted to talk about it open, openly, without worrying about mm-hmm. talking, because he actually was, uh, addicted to heroin, and it helped him get off heroin, but if you're saying this, and also selling it, he had to worry about being shut down for making medical yeah. claims, even though that was his real experience, so he's, he's just like a full-time activist now, and I think he got, he actually got sponsors for that, it's definitely a good thing that, you know, he he's noticing this and he's trying to make a difference. Yeah. He's using power that he has gained, you know, from he's overcome a lot. And he understand he probably has a very similar idea of what they're like. He has a good idea of kind of what these people are feeling right yeah. now. And he's wanting to make a difference instead of just sitting back and letting it happen. Yep. Yep. He's a good dude. And his show's the Kratom Guy show. I'll just plug his show, too. So here's my interview with Mike Overstreet, the Kratom Guy, talking about giving care packages to the homeless in Boston. He raised money for this. Cash App and Venmo links are in the description of this podcast if you want to donate to Mike's efforts. Help the homeless up in Boston. Can you just tell us about Mass and Cass, and it's called the Methadone Mile? So it's this area that started right by Boston Medical Center and kind of went all the way down down the street in Boston. They changed it to Mass and Cass because that's Mass Ave and Melna Cass Boulevard intersect right there by the uh, Mass Ave connector that goes up to 93. And it's this whole area they used to call it Method of Mile because on that mile of Mass Ave, it was, from what I understand, it was literally separated by a mile. And it's a lot of homeless uh, services, both state and city and Boston, and as well as methadone clinics. I think there's like three different methadone clinics there. Um, So people just started conjugating. And my wife reminded me of this like seven years ago, seven, eight years ago, we lived not too far in the area. And that's when it was still on Mass Ave. Now it's kind of migrated down to Southampton. But it started with just this area where everyone would go there in the morning and then people would kind of hang out and conjugate and um, trade drugs. And it turned into using drugs. And then people started um, uh, pitching tents there and just starting staying there. And then it seems like every couple of years they get moved and then they they go in there and call it a health hazard, which it definitely is. It's a um, health emergency in the city of Boston and they basically break it all up. And then within 
weeks it's set up somewhere either in the exact same spot or like right down the street and we went over there in the summer and we were giving out um wellness packs and through our sponsors uh both christopher's organic botanicals and yearly for life as part of the sponsorship they gave us a bunch of samples and they were just really awesome they they jumped on the chance to be able to share this with people who could definitely use it um but we went over the summer for our first time and we're trying to get that get back there every month we just went again october 1st and it just it's gotten so much worse so it's probably like maybe 100 120 people it's probably like three or four maybe 450 people when we were just down there on october 1st you had a really good tiktok video and i'll put that link up you didn't film the people and you or you blurred out um, their faces, which is good and respectful. What's actually in the care packages that you're giving out? Yeah, so we're doing the um, community outreach. We were calling them wellness packs, but then this last time when I went down there with my buddy Nick, he uh, we went shopping at Target. I we We're accepting donations for the wellness packs, not for the Kratom, just so people know the Kratom's coming from our sponsor, but the wellness mm-hmm. packs, um, which we changed it to care packages because Nick wanted to put candy bars in there, which... You know, it really cheered up some people's day. So yeah. Um in the pack that we have um the last this last one, the first aid kits, the travel side first aid kits weren't really good. So we actually purchased some some bandages and alcohol swabs, um, travel toothbrush, toothpaste, uh razor, uh travel shaving cream, pads, uh pads for the ladies. Uh-huh. and uh, clean socks. And this time we had some of the fun size like Snickers and Milky Way, Twix. Uh, this is also my friend, Nick, Nick White. He's, he's been on the podcast before. Uh, we were in there and he's like, he's like, why don't we just get something kind of like fun? And then we were, we were walking past the toy section and he got Hot Wheels. And uh, he was right. That actually made uh, a lot of people's day. That was just something kind That's of... That's such a good idea. You don't even think family. about that. How many care packages did you put together? Do you know? Um, this last one was... I think it was like 18... Uh, I think we had like 16 full ones. You know, some of them, like, once we got past, I think it was like 16 or 18, then we... Not all of them had some, but, you know, not everyone had all the things in it. So we yeah. probably got about like maybe 25 26 total that we went down there with and you know i got a total of close to 90 dollars donated uh through my followers and listeners and then great it probably came probably came out to like 350 something like that and and then uh nick and i put the rest in of our own money uh i guess i'm looking for like tips and if somebody wants to do this in their hometown because i noticed like you you're you take very good care like you made a video about it but you didn't film any film anybody uh any faces that were in your video were blurred out i think like a uh, respectfulness is like a key part and and making something like that successful um so do you have any tips for like maybe how to deal with people that are you know, going through homelessness, mental health, uh, they mostly are probably really appreciative to to get something, right? For the most part, people that get in trouble down there, or, you know, I see, like, we haven't seen any fights break out or anything like that, but you should always kind of be aware of your surroundings. Uh, I always carry Narcan on me, and... You know, if somebody wants to start it in their area, that, that's pretty much how you, what you have to do. You have to just just start it. Tell people you want to do it, and start 
taking donations or take a little money out of your own pocket and get something that would be just think if you were stuck on the street, what would be helpful um, for you to for you to have and clean socks and stuff like that really helps. You know, it, it is a testament to our sponsors as well. Cause the way, um, the way I presented this to our sponsors was like, I can hand it out and then we'll get some extra content. And, um, you know, it's kind of a win, win, win. So, but when I was down there is one is like my safety and the safety of the people in my group that I'm with uh, recording. People don't want to be recorded. So I did ask a bunch yeah. of people and that's, I, I said that I don't want to record people unless they want to be recorded. So I asked, I always ask, nobody wanted to, nobody's taken me up on it. Not even just audio with no video, not just even an audio recorder. So, you know, the, the shots I do get are from afar and then I use yeah. a video editor and I edit out any of the faces. The reason why I do this is I very well could have ended up down there. And at one point in my life, I was homeless. I was an IV heroin addict. And I've been completely able to turn my life around. And a portion of that is, and that's my work now, is focusing on helping people get past, you know, you need to go through uh, detox withdrawal with, with a doctor. It needs to be supervised. But once you get past that and you get, uh, people get stuck in recovery, and I know I was stuck in recovery for a long time, and that's my work now is trying to help people get through that process quicker to the other side where they are recovered or in remission. So um, I very well could have ended up down there, and I'm just, just trying to get back, and a lot of my, my journey was through the help of Kratom and medical cannabis. I, I always say don't. Don't take Kratom. I, I don't want you to take Kratom, but it, it has worked very well for me and a lot of people I know. Um, but it's, it doesn't work for everybody. So it's really individual. So it's, you know, just going down there and, and, and talking to people. A lot, of, a lot of people down there, it was their first introduction of Kratom. They had no idea mm. what it was. Yeah. I am going to start bringing a printout of what I've heard would be a suggested dose. I can't suggest a dose because I'm not a doctor. I don't want to get in trouble that yeah. way. But what a typical starter dose would be or starter amount would be and kind of a few key facts of it. Uh, but the people I was able to talk to down there, they were very, very interested. And a lot of them said that they have been trying to get off whatever they've been using. A lot of fentanyl and heroin meth is really big now in Boston in that area, along with gabapentin, which yeah. they stack on top of the, the fentanyl. Um, but the thing that surprised me is I was on, I was stuck on Suboxone for over eight years. Yeah. And a lot of people I talked to over this past weekend, when we just went there on Saturday, they were very interested in Kratom because I told them how I utilized it to help me get off of Suboxone. And so many of them were like, they would rather stay on fentanyl, buying it off the street, not knowing where it comes from at all and not knowing the potency that could absolutely kill them if yeah. they got a bad batch or a hot batch. Mm. They would rather do that than get on Suboxone. Yeah. So a lot of people are super interested in learning about Kratom. And a few of them told me they were going to try it. Um, That's but great. The, the big thing is, is like, yeah, it, it, it really is great that they are, you know, they want to try it. And I'm hoping that people can help put that in their, their health regimen and they can, you know, start that, that journey. But to me, if like, 
if somebody just utilizes it just to not be as sick from withdrawals that day and just get them a little bit of comfort while they're struggling, it's that makes it completely worth it. That was Mike Overstreet from the Kratom Guy Show. I'll have his links in the description, including a Cash App and Venmo where you can donate to his efforts and his care packages up in Boston. Thanks again to Kaylee. Kratom News is every month. The music is risey. The song is Memories of Thailand. Please like, subscribe, share, rate, review, follow, whatever. Kratom Science Podcast is produced by me, Brian Gallagher, for KratomScience.com. Take care.